Patrika, your very own science communication platform, bringing science closer to you in many ways. Today, SciConnect by Biopatrika welcomes all science enthusiasts to our podcast on life of a researcher and networking. I, Pragya Gupta, and my co-host Nikhil Kumar Tulsiyan have been given the opportunity to welcome a very enigmatic scientist, Dr. Ashwarya Bandla, to share her story about a researcher's life and her magical formula of networking. Hello, everyone. I'm Nikhil, and it's my pleasure to introduce my friend Ashwarya Bandla. She is, she completed her bachelor's of engineering from Anna University back in 2009, and then she pursued a job at Infosys. During the end years of Infosys, she dreamt of doing something more relevant to the world, and then she pursued her doctor of philosophy in biomedical engineering at National University of Singapore. Currently, she heads the translational core and is involved in a lot of clinical clinical device making. Let's hear from herself. So, hi Ashwarya, thank you for joining joining us and uh, talking to us. Uh, maybe you can talk a bit about yourself and uh, share a glimpse into our projects. Thanks, Nikhil and Pragya for uh, doing this and uh, congratulations to Biopatrika for all your uh, excellent initiatives. And uh, I'm sure uh, this is uh, going to create, create an impact in its own way and uh, I'm honored to be part of this uh, initiative. So like uh, Nikhil has mentioned, um, my uh, journey to being a biomedical engineer scientist um, has uh, been a, a little bit of a journey of uh, curiosity, serendipity and um, taking, um, making and taking opportunities. Um, so I started off uh, with a uh, curiosity of uh, looking at researchers in uh, lab coats. And uh, that's what uh, triggered me to uh, look at uh, what can be done at the intersection of uh, medicine and uh, engineering. Um, so I started off uh, with the uh, undergrad in electrical engineering to pursue, uh, get a so solid uh, fundamental training in engineering, which can then help me to um, implement or advance technology for uh, the field of medicine. And um, Nikhil mentioned Infosys, which was a, a little bit of a detour, but uh, we, we will talk about it. I think uh, each of these experiences has added a, a little uh, facet of uh, itself into me, which has molded me into the professional, which I am today. Um, and um, my experiences at uh, NUS have uh, be, have given me uh, such a um, rich training um, and expertise in biomedical engineering and scientific uh, training and pursuit itself. Uh, and uh, through my training, I have uh, had uh, a chance to uh, learn and uh, delve into preclinical research, be it um, animal or uh, in vivo or in vitro. And uh, I also had a chance to work in projects which are uh, directly looking into uh, development of um, medical devices for um, the uh, use in uh, supportive care in cancer. And uh, one such project what we started, what started off as an idea uh, a decade ago has um, now materialized into a product to uh, reach patients. And uh, I should say that I'm uh, really um, honored and um, fortunate to have been part of that uh, journey. Um, and this project is um, to 
to um, tackle a problem which uh, cancer patients commonly face as a side effect of chemotherapy. It's called uh, chemotherapy-induced peripheral neuropathy, which is uh, pain at the fingertips and toe tips, um, which is a side effect of chemo. Such uh, The other ones are uh, hair loss and nausea. And uh, though we have uh, very developed uh, treatment and uh, management measures for all the other side effects. CIPN is something which has not been looked into and is managed with Jace painkillers. And um, the beauty of uh, the institute which I had a chance to work with is where uh, there happened to be a confluence of uh, scientists, clinicians, technologists, biologists, and uh, you know, uh, industry leaders. And uh, what happened at this juncture was um, an idea of um, using technology to tackle this um, side effect. And we came up with um, a simple idea of using uh, cooling, which uh, we call as cryotherapy, which then advanced to the addition of certain other factors um, going on to cryocompression. And um, we tested uh, this idea in uh, pilot clinical trials in healthy volunteers and cancer patients, derived a lot of design inputs from those initial trials and um, went back to make a uh, device which is bespoke for cancer patients undergoing chemotherapy. And um, we are excited to test these um, uh, devices in our upcoming clinical trials. This is amazing. In the last two minutes, I could re relive the life of a researcher in the perspective of you as well as me while i had a more traditional pathway path of bachelor's master's phd yours is more exciting as a life doing bachelor's job phd now doing more clinical like there are various turns here and there <clears throat> this is what a researcher's life is and now currently you are uh, collaborating with multiple people mm -hmm clinicians, doctors, academicians, institutes, and also you do a lot of uh, volunteering at the IEEE, which we'll mm -hmm. talk about it later. Definitely. So really, it is quite impressive. And I'm sure our listeners all across the world will be definitely motivated and piqued to pursue their dreams. As uh, everyone has a turning point in their life, what to decide, like when to decide and where to decide that they have mm -hmm. to do and want to do or not, and what career path they want to take. At what point you decided to take on the scientific pursuit? Was it during the Infosys or when, or you just tested out to think of, let's try back, uh, PhD? Yeah, I think um, uh, that's an excellent question, right? It always, um makes us look back at our journey and uh, hindsight is uh, 2020. <laughs> and it's interesting to um, think about what uh, went on in our uh, minds and what are the experiences which shaped us, which led to where we are, um, each of us as uh, scientists. Um, for me, like I mentioned, it started off as curiosity, looking at uh, my uh, cousin sister and also um, you know other uh, scientists in um, lab coats, like I mentioned. So I'm like, mm, uh, that's, that's something probably I want to try out and I maybe want to be one of them uh, someday. So um, I, I did not have uh, any uh, training or um, a, a sneak peek into research while I was in India. Um, and uh, my experiences in NUS is uh, what has... Uh, you know, being all my research journey. And 
what I uh, took on a master's in NUS to uh, try out what research is and if uh, you know I was cut out to be a researcher and uh, fortunately for me um, the people around me were um, really encouraging in that you know um, I think that is very important when you're uh, starting off with something that initial uh, push and motivation to go along and I uh, was lucky to have that in uh, great mentors and um, a very nice um, uh, team of uh, buddies around me and uh, Nikhil would agree with that I, uh, I'm sure so um, and uh, all these experiences led led to um, me embracing the possibilities that um, I could uh, pursue uh, my further fascination in uh, biomedical engineering um, as a career and uh, research as a career. And um, I guess that led on to me realizing my passion in the intersection of technology and medicine. And um, yeah, and I think uh, for me, it was also important to uh, try out different things. I, like I mentioned, I have worked in uh, the uh, pure bench side with animal models. I have also had a chance to work with uh, clinical technology, and I found uh, that I enjoy working with uh, people from multidisciplinary backgrounds and uh, knitting all these uh, different skill sets together to advance uh, technology. That is amazing to hear like pursuing science during like as when you joined up uh, during a master's and then converting into PhD. I'm sure many people would agree with that. Yeah. yeah. And go, go, go ahead. <laughs> Indeed. I mean, it takes a lot of courage and uh, mental strength to like take a such big leap from um, like being a engineer and then transitioning into a researcher. So like there was a drastic change in the field matrix like a then engineer now into biomedicine. So looking back uh, last few years, do you miss being a software engineer or do you like your role more as a biomedical scientist? That's an interesting question. And um, I guess um, I would say I'm um, really happy with uh, what I'm doing today. And um, uh, today's world being a very uh, multidisciplinary world, I, uh, I'm sure each of us, um, though we are in a very specialized niche in uh, each of the research we are uh, you know, uh, working on, we all get to play uh, different roles. And uh, for example, morning, you may be a coder uh, working on your uh, algorithms and afternoon, you may be running biology experiments in the lab. And um, in the night, you're going back to analyze your data or uh, writing your scientific paper, um, communicating your science to the world. So um, each of us uh, get to wear each of these hats uh, in uh, different uh, parts of our scientific career. and. Um, that is what I um, really um, you know, appreciate looking at my journey because I've had a chance to pick up uh, different skill sets from different um, uh, experiences. And um, I think uh, these help me deal with uh, challenges and also uh, come up with uh, solutions because um, I think uh, creativity is um, something, it's, it's like you feed your brain with a lot of inputs and uh, what comes out of it is, uh, you know, like, uh, um, it's just uh, amazing. So uh, I, I think it's very important to give ourselves a lot of different uh, experiences and inputs so you can uh, go on to innovate uh, creatively. 
That's true. Like interdisciplinary uh, experience is very important if you want to um, do some breakthrough research. And in the lab, you deal with a lot of uh, challenges and uh, problems. And when you transition from um, engineering to the biomedical field, um, it must be very difficult for you to like uh, get um, used to the new setting. So um, what was your thought process uh, during that time? I mean, did you feel a lot of stress and how did you manage um, those um, things? Yeah, thanks for the question. Um, I think it's um, an important one to touch upon because as um, all of us enter PhD, um, you know, we are uh, fresh out of undergrad or uh, in my case, out of uh, uh, a, little, a little break uh, with a um, experience into uh, the corporate world. And um, PhD is um, a long commitment and it can, um, you know, it can be stressful when we start off with. And for me, in my case, I, um, my only experience or um, education in biology was my uh, high school or standard 12 biology, after which I went on to a tangent of electrical engineering and software engineering. Um, but I guess um, what uh, drove me through was uh, my uh, keen interest in understanding what opportunities lie ahead in this field and also my interest in, um, like I said, the intersection of um, uh, medicine and technology. I remember uh, in my first year of my uh, graduate degree, I uh, went on to, uh, I should say, bravely take this uh, course, which was a, um, I, I was a master's student and I, I uh, did take on this course, which was meant for um, PhD graduates. And it was a, a very, um, very specialized neurobiology uh, course. And I had no clue of uh, the fundamentals of neurobiology at that point. But um, I guess what uh, helped me go through was uh, the chai interactions, which I had with friends like uh, Nikhil and my other buddies in the School of Medicine. So my research institute is also strategically located um, in between the School of Medicine and uh, the Faculty of Science, though I am an engineering uh, graduate student. And uh, speaking with all my uh, fellow mates, I could um, gather a lot of um, knowledge, information, and how they would apply these uh, concepts in their own fields. And um, I guess uh, the peer-to-peer uh, -peer support is also something which uh, uh, made me go through this journey um, in a relatively uh, easy way. Uh, that's great. I mean, um, so you had a lot of things to uh, get engaged with, uh, to deal with the stress that time. That's really important. Exactly. So keeping the mental health and the stress away during this research or any anything is quite necessary in the current world. And when we are juggling with multiple things, mm -hmm. mental health and or the emotional right has to be kept in check. Definitely. With this, of talk, talk, talking about mental health, it, there's a lot of uh, thing of okay, the, many things can can get you demotivated. But Aishwarya, what motivates you to keep going on? Curiosity is a major factor, definitely. But how do you sustain that drive and instill curiosity to continue your career in research and every day go to lab, keep going on and keep making new things? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's an excellent question. So for me, um, thinking about it, I think it boils down to uh, people, possibilities, and passion. So um, 
primarily people because um, you spend the most amount of time with who you work with and your uh, friends and family and um, having um, good mentors who you can who can inspire you and who you can aspire to be uh, like someday um, is very important I feel and also having that very um, nice ecosystem in the uh, research environment where you all work together be it late nights or uh, you know weekends when you go back to brainstorm or uh, uh, you know, continue that one experiment which uh, you we've all been uh, you know waiting to get that result from. I think that uh, camaraderie uh, definitely is a important part of um, what uh, keeps me going. And um, of course, uh, family and friends um, who support and uh, encourage uh, me to do. Um, and uh, go further in what I'm doing to play a very important part. So then uh, speaking about uh, possibilities and uh, passion, I think uh, often looking at uh, the big picture uh, with, is very important, I feel, because um, as scientists, we get buried in the minute details of the science. But uh, zooming out and looking at um, what you're doing and how it can contribute to the world at large um, will um, help help us connect with the um, the um, impact it can create. And um, I guess that is another huge factor, which um, I think all of us as scientists would agree uh, that it keeps us going. So as we are hearing from you, uh, Aishwarya, that you are uh, very much motivated in spreading the science to the world and helping people and other like to grow in their career. So um, you're also involved with like many other initiatives such as IEEE and you're volunteering for that. So can you share your views on it and what your role uh, has it been so far? Absolutely. Um, so IEEE is, uh, for uh, those who may not be familiar, it's um, the world's largest technical professional organization, and it stands for uh, the Institute of Electrical and Electronics Engineers. Um, though it may sound uh, biased towards electrical engineers, they have um, several uh, technical societies, and um, it is all related to where uh, engineers play a role and which is pretty much everywhere. So they have technical societies, which I'm part of uh, one called engineering in medicine and biology. And um, apart from the technical societies, I took he also has a um, lot of uh, different forums where people can, people can connect. For example, um, I'm part of uh, a group called uh, Women in Engineering and also um, another group called the IEEE Young Professionals. And um, I think um, what started off again as a curiosity of what happens in IEEE uh, about five years ago has uh, got me involved and uh, I really enjoyed um, the activities which happen in IEEE which bring people from uh, various disciplines in um, science, technology, even art, math together to um, grow as a professional. And I think in today's world, um, the uh, so-called uh, professional skills, which is being relabeled as human and life skills is very important, um, be it a uh, role in a corporate or be it a role in uh, the lab, I think uh, this uh, these skills being equally important. Um, and um, I came across this concept called a T-shaped professional, and it was quite interesting for me, where uh, the uh, vertical of the T is our... Um, uh, degree discipline and the technical specializations and the horizontal is uh, the professional skills or the life skills which uh, bind it all and um, 
I would imagine the audience of this would be uh, people either in their graduate uh, degrees or people aspiring to be graduates um, in uh, and further specializing in um, either the same discipline or another discipline. And uh, there the T would transform into a pie where you add one more technical discipline and uh, your professional skills continue to uh, bind them all together. And IEEE has been an excellent platform for me to um, experience uh, such life skills and um, learn more because uh, these skills such as communication and uh, empathy and team building, team management, these are skills which uh, we learn by doing and not in a classroom course. And um, I think uh, if we would um, take a tangent to our scientific careers and um, look at an example of what we do in IEEE as a volunteering, let's take um, you know, an initiative as a conference, we, as a uh, conference chair, we would um, come up with a proposal, join a team together to bring the conference together, write grants to get funding for the conference, manage the whole event through, and then uh, bring it to completion. And uh, these are skills which you could definitely translate to a scientific career as to um, conceiving a scientific uh, project getting funding and um, seeing it through to completion and success. And um, often in uh, graduate school, uh, we do not get trained in these skill sets. However, when you become a principal investigator or a, a professor, you are thrown into the uh, field to uh, actually uh, you know, hit the ground running with um, all these uh, little skill sets. And I think um, while uh, being a graduate student, Volunteering with organizations like uh, BioPatrica, IEEE, or others are going to help you uh, build these skill sets in a um, fun learning way. Uh, wise words, Aishwarya. So you have shared with our listeners uh, key factors in networking, the glimpse into a life of a researcher, and how you transform your own path from a T to a pie by networking more people. This, I, it's commendable that you, uh, it requires a lot of research and networking as well. To our listeners, please like, share, share subscribe. Why? It's because you talk, you get to hear to people like Aishwarya. Aishwarya was uh, recently awarded as one of the top 100 women in tech in Singapore. As she mentioned, science is not just STEM now, it's STEAM, science, technology, engineering, arts, and math. So you never know when you're having a coffee in some coffee shop, you may meet some person who is totally irrelevant to your field, but in a few, in near future, he or she may be very, very relevant to your success. Definitely, Ashwarya, as you mentioned, the networking aspect and growing yourself through people by in your words, people, passion, and possibilities, it's, it's very important. Ashwarya, like um, the young aspirants usually have uh, some unassertive thoughts and their minds are like very clouded, confusion, and they sometimes don't know what to do. So any final tips and words of encouragement for them to help pursue the career path in research? Absolutely, Pragya. I think... Um... There, there are so many uh, golden words of wisdom which uh, I have uh, 
used to um, you know live and thrive through my journey. So I guess I would say that uh, scientific um, training and pursuit is a superpower, and um, each one of us should uh, look at putting it to good use, be it at the start of your journey or while you're midway or uh, you're at your peak. So um, adding on to the um, piece which uh, Nikhil summarized, the other one I would add on to is purpose, and uh, always look at the big picture and the impact you are creating um, with your work and uh, that will definitely um, uh, you know keep you going and also enjoy the journey and um, embrace and uh, learn from failures we all hear about fail fast and I think it is uh, definitely something to um, get used to and um, uh, embrace it and also um, one important thing would be to look beyond the traditional opportunities and um, you can, um, by this, uh, you can make your own opportunities, create your own opportunities rather than uh, just looking at um, what are the ones which are available there. And um, finally, pay it forward. And I think this is very important because um, each of us have received a lot of um, mentorship and support from our peers and seniors. And as we go along, do pass it along to your peers, uh, juniors, and whoever may need it. And um, I think that's going to create um, more impact uh, for the world. Yeah, that's the key. Um, help each other and uh, keep uh, growing along with others. And um, it's very important to have the right guidance and right support when you want to like succeed in your career. So from woman to woman, <laughs> what uh, like did you face any challenges for like being a woman in science and then how did you manage the work-life balance? Because it becomes really difficult at some uh, times. So what are your um, formula to manage this best? So, so I think this is a common question which uh, comes across in um, uh, the Women in Engineering and Women in Science forums. So I guess um, I should uh, first acknowledge that there has been a lot of uh, progress in, um, you know, be it uh, gender equality or... Um, uh, making the playground uh, level one for um, women and um, men to work along together. And uh, that has um, given us, uh, uh, I would say that has opened up a lot of opportunities for us to embrace. And um, in terms of um, uh, challenges, I would say uh, current day would be more of uh, the personal limiting beliefs and behaviors, which each of us uh, should uh, look beyond. And uh, we all would have heard of the uh, so-called glass ceiling, which uh, is uh, more in the corporate where uh, women uh, do not get beyond the um, middle management to the senior uh, C-suite roles. But I think um, at um, at a level where we are all starting off in our careers, I would um, also um, look at something called the inner glass ceiling, which um, is our own limiting beliefs and behaviors. Look beyond it, shatter it, and um, I think there's uh, much more to achieve. Definitely, as you mentioned, the current scenario is it's it's more progressive where women are uh, involved in multiple things, and they should be involved. It's it's an equal world. And uh, people like you, Ashwarya, are important to inspire other women across the world who dream of pursuing their career, but maybe withhold themselves due to various reasons. But I'm sure th th that should not be a reason, but they should pursue their, their dreams. 
today we have got a glimpse of a life of a researcher to our audience let me clarify a researcher does not just hold a pipette and sit in the lab all day it is beyond beyond that we talk to people we meet more people we, we collaborate with various kinds of people be it doctors nurses engineers and academicians or even management or patients other well. patients and management people for a successful project thank you ashwarya we have enjoyed your company and it was amazing talking to you i'm sure our listeners will be definitely interested and they will be sending you a lot of queries through your linkedin and email would love to connect especially in this virtual world please do reach out say hi and uh, i would also like to add on that if you um, listen to a talk or if you uh, meet a person drop them a message say hi because we all do miss, miss uh, networking in person so um, i guess um, uh, virtual exchanges are the way to go thank you for uh, having me on the podcast and uh, wishing you all the best thank you so much ashwarya so thank you for sharing the minute details and your story is clearly very inspiring i hope our listeners are as amazed as we are thank you so much